0: Welcome to the Axis Effect podcast, where you'll hear the most compelling, provocative, and real conversations with industry leaders and innovators in tech, sports, and entertainment with our host and CEO of well-known PR firm, Axis Entertainment, Sarah Miller. Hi, this is Sarah Miller, CEO of Axis Entertainment, and your host for the Axis Effect. And I'm super excited to be here fun with Salt Garrison, human behavioral specialist hey salt welcome to the show finally
1: hey sarah thanks so much for having me i, appreciate- I love
0: it the third time's a charm right
1: exactly i was going to say i know that we've had some hurdles to overcome for this to happen so thank you so much for uh, your patience and tenacity on your end
0: no i know it's good to have you on it's so funny because like since we moved branding and everything we've been so focused on leadership and everything in sports, tech, entertainment. But like, I want to talk to you about the behavior behind all this leadership. Because we always talk about leadership. We talk about, you know, team building, leadership, how to be a good leader. But when it comes down to like, I've had a few really good conversations with Steve Miller, and some of those other guys who are Olympic coaches. And about, you know, there's something about athletes. When we find athletes that CEOs and leaders that have an athletic sports background, it's just that difference that makes them stand out. But so this is like I want to break this down with you for a little bit. Like first tell me what is a human behavioral specialist because I want to really jump into the behavior behind good leadership with you. But like there's a lot of people who say oh, I'm a life coach, I'm a behavior specialist and there's a lot of people who say this but they don't think they even know what that means. I mean so so what exactly is a human behavioral specialist and what is it that kind of moves you through that ecosystem
1: yep so I appreciate all those questions so <laughs> a <lot faster laughs>
0: one
1: several different pieces here to unpack so I have a background in education and psychology I have a master's degree in psychology and years and years and hours and hours and hours of training. So I offer coaching and consulting for individuals, businesses and elite professional athletes. So, you know, when you're talking about the athletes, I'm like, yes, I I work with I've worked with some elite professional athletes as well. The human behavioral part actually draws from different disciplines. So I draw from psychology and sociology, I draw from neuroscience, even from quantum physics. And just basic human behavior and going, I explain to people why they're doing what they're doing. And that has been a pursuit of mine ever since I was a young person. I became curious about people and I wanted to know, why do we do what we do? Why do we do that? Yeah. And so that has led to a 30 plus year career. uh, Yeah. In the field of human behavior. And so in essence, that's what I do. I give people the insights and the understanding as to why they're doing what they're doing and why they're not doing what it is that they say they want to do, and then we start to unpack that and then start to provide the systems necessary in order to get people to actually take action.
0: Help me through, like a typical client, like like you. So you talk to the you know people like CEOs, leaders, athletes. Why do you make the decisions you make? Why do you do what you do? Can you take me through? a specific scenario or like, okay, use me as your guinea pig, like ask me a question. Cause I want to try to figure out how this works because I'm trying to figure out, like, do we get behind the minds of what drives people's decisions because their business decisions, their emotional decisions, is it really keeping them on track to where personal and business stays separate or is there a very distinct I mean, we're all broken. <laughs> Let's just be honest. We all have Is there? I mean, I'm trying to figure out where like, your perfect client is. What exactly do you look for that says, yeah, you need my help?
1: Yep. So I actually have five criteria to work with folks. So one of those criteria are you have to have some kind of inspiring problem or some kind of unique, challenging problem or issue that you're facing. Most people come to me when they're stuck and they're like, like, I don't know what to do next. And like I'm at a loss, or I'm at the end of my rope, kind of thing, whatever that might be. And so those are the people that I tend to work with. So if I was people,
0: st- people who need clarity, like people who like, is that kind of like if I'm okay? This is a really bad example. Like I just got back from a from being out of the country. I've been traveling like crazy. Yes, you
1: were day. in Peru. Oh, this that is absolutely easy.
0: Well, <laughs> but because like I moved from LA to Scottsdale like nine months ago. Yeah. But I had been constantly in LA. New York, Peru, like LA monthly, multiple times for business. I literally just got back at last week and I'm like, huh, for the first time in almost a year, I am still, where well, I have not been this still in a year. I have not had a vacation. I'm just like, what am I going to do? You know, business. I mean, so I, I mean, am I like, like that kind of client where, okay, I'm back. What am I going to do? I know what I need to do. I'm a CEO. I know I need to work on new business. I know I need to work on a podcast guest. I'm just super burnt out need Because I, I already know where the problem is. I'm not a good person to have this discussion. Like I'm trying to figure out- get Actually, people? you're a
1: perfect person. I'm
0: trying, to figure out, I'm trying to figure out where behavioral, where you're coming into play here before I like shoot off a lot of questions for you on leadership.
1: Yeah. So in essence, when people want to up their productivity, up their performance, right? That's when they come and talk to me. Gotcha. Okay. And you're a great example of <laughs> I, I a, I a great example of a total mess as a CEO right, right now, coming off back from business. And you are not alone. But it's like, I know. I know what I need to do. Knowing is yeah. not the challenge. Knowing is not the problem. It's the actual doing that becomes the problem. It's like, why am I not doing what it is that I say that I want to do? And why am I why am I doing what I say I don't want to do, right?
0: Well, but I think it's also we just you know, <clears throat> since the pandemic ended, like I at least for me, like and I know a lot of people the same way. They just hit the ground running, stress, adrenaline, trying to rebuild the businesses, get back to normal. But our new normal is our new normal. You can't get back to normal because we have a new normal. Nobody's back in the office. It is all remote. We know what we need to do. Like we don't take breaks. We're thinking we're at home. Even though you're working from home, no matter what you're doing, it still builds and builds. You still have to take a break, decompress, reset, breathe, get a new perspective and come back. For me, I have not been on a vacation in two years. It's been nonstop just building, moving, rebranding, work with clients, I know I need to get out and just reset, breathe, take a vacation. I mm-hmm. just can't figure out where to go and what to do. So I know where my problem is, but I know that when I come back from a week, week and a half break, even though I'm working on my own in a different environment, I do have a fresher, better approach, more patience, I mean, just burnout is not a joke. Burnout is right. real. mentally, emotionally, your patient level. When you start snapping at clients and getting super like judgy and super testy, you know you need to stop. Step back and take a break. Taking a weekend or a day or two isn't what you need. I'm talking seriously. Get off the grid. Get away for a minimum five to seven days and just breathe it out.
1: So everything around you is just feedback. And the question is, is, are you listening to the feedback? Nothing bad is happening, right? That's yeah. a great, that's a great mantra, right? Nothing bad is happening. So it's all just feedback. And the question is, is, are you listening to the feedback? Yeah. So one of the questions for me that I ask people is like, what's the biggest challenge that you face right now? And so if yours is, you know, I'm not finding time to, to vacation or whatever that is, So part of me also goes, when you're talking about you got all these things going on, you're not taking time just to, to unplug, as you said, I'm like, what's that really about for you? Yeah. And that's a great question because oftentimes people will come to the conversation with an issue, but that's not really the issue. That's not the real issue. Like what's that really about for you? What's really underneath that? And again, there's different veins in human behavior that we all fall into. And that's what we explore.
0: Like when you're driving a business, when you're a leader, CEO, life, you're like, people are like onions. There's so many layers, you just got to keep peeling them back to find the one to regrow them again. It's it's difficult, it's not easy. I know everybody's carrying a lot of their past into their present, which means they're dealing with the past and the present, which is just going to carry to the future. I think a lot of people haven't quite figured out where their place is because a lot of decisions were made during the pandemic, which was maybe rash, rash decisions out of fear or being scared. Family members need you, you know, economy, you you, lots of job, whatever. But then I think a year or two after, well, okay, where are we? We're 23. I'm going to get so confused. We got off the <laughs> pandemic in but pandemic was 2021. We got the pandemic a year ago. And when startup 22 is really when we started, I need on both coasts. We were on lockdown for a good year and a half years. So I think this has been our first full year back in full swing. And it's Mm -hmm. never going to go back to the way it was. Some cities are just lost their luster years, 10, 20 years till it gets back. If it gets back to what it was, it's going to be a different version of itself. I think we are, a lot of people are carrying a lot of this past because of what they dealt with into their future. And I think with you, it's like, you have to understand if you can't change your past, but you can't obsess over the present because you can't control your future. You've got to let it go like chapters, understand it, move to the next, understand it, move forward. I think that's where a lot of people's mindsets may be because even though they've evolved, we've evolved, into a whole new world. People's mindset hasn't quite evolved as quickly because we were all on lockdown. It was calm. It was quiet. It was horrible. A lot of good came out. A lot of bad came out of it. It was messy. We came out a year or so ago, but I don't think our brains have reset to understand. We're still working on our past behavior because we've been so where we are right now, accepting but we kind of have to change our behavior moving forward. We can't rely on our behavior in the past because this is no longer a different past. It's a different world. And I think that's where the mindset is tripping people up. Yep.
1: Yep. In the world of human behavior, it's a matter of an imbalance in perceptions. Yeah. Where people are seeing more negatives than they are positives to, to the pandemic, to their current situation, to- Wait, is
0: it a negative? Or is it just because they don't understand how to shift their mindset into accepting what the new normal is? It's not new. This is our it is our new. This is what the normal is. And are people are we holding on to the past? Or are we like, I mean, or is it are it just mentally because this is our new normal now?
1: Yeah. So so I look at it and I go, okay, again, all kinds of pieces here. I'm loving this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> So here's the saying. So the master lives in the world of transformation. The masses live in the illusion of loss and gain.
0: I love
1: that. So some people have this perception of loss or gain. So the two greatest fears that, that we have as human beings, the one is the loss of that which we infatuate with. So if I'm infatuated with my partner or I'm infatuated with my house or my job, I have a fear. Oh, my gosh, I might lose that. Or the resentment, the fear of gaining that which I resent, right? <laughs> so the fear of, of, yeah. of gaining what I resent, right? Whatever that might be. Is that poverty? Is that illness? Is it you know, divorce? Whatever that might be. So what happens is, is then people start to seek pleasure and try to avoid pain. And the ancients actually said, trying to achieve the unachievable or trying to avoid the unavoidable, that's the source of all suffering. So if you're trying to achieve all positive and no negative, right. And trying to stay away from all negative. So I'm just going to be positive all day long. Right. That'll make you miserable.
0: Yeah. Right. It's not realistic.
1: So there's a universal law and I, and I teach a lot about universal laws, but there's a universal law called the law of polarity. And in essence, like, just like you can't have a front to something without having a back, you can't have a top without a bottom, can't have an inside without an outside, the law of polarity says that you cannot have a positive without a negative, and you cannot have a negative without a positive.
0: That's like the yin and yang of life. Yeah. There's always, you You always have to have a balance. It's like there's a stain, St. Quannon in Latin, which means which, without which other, there's nothing compared to the best. You just yeah. can't live in a solar polarized world. Like I always think, so and I love that, that the whole perception is reality, because, you know, owning a PR firm, perception is reality. And yes. I feel like we make our decisions and we do what we're doing based on outside factors that shift, that shape our perception. You know, it's media, it's news, it's conversations. I mean, I mean, not to go into the politics, but we all have a very, not a skewed, some have a skewed viewpoint, but it's not like your opinion's any better or worse. Your opinion is your opinion. And I'm a huge believer. You're allowed to have your opinion. You just cannot have an opinion unless you can have it without judgment because you're not right or wrong your perception is shaped by your environment and your surroundings so if you're listening to people listening to certain news only seeing and hearing a certain thing that is shaping your perception so for me to have an opinion and a conversation i cannot have an opinion on anything if unless i have it without judgment because you're shaped by your environment around you that shapes your perception and I don't have a right because my perception is shaped by my environment. And if we're not in the same environment, the same perceptions, that's why you each have difference of opinions. And this is what I hate about some of these, like just all the bullshit on social media, people are creating wars on social media pages and stuff. You could have your opinion in an intelligent conversation, just have it without judgment or don't have an opinion. It's just ignorant and uneducation to think that you're right because that's what you're no, you're not right. That's what your perception was by the reality you grew up with or were yeah. involved with. And this is where I think it gets I don't know if it's getting worse. but I feel like with politics, with the economy, with everything going on, we see and read in the news. I feel like people's perceptions coming I mean, off of post pandemic are a little bit more skewed. I would say that they're more polarized. Polarized. There you go. Right? Yeah.
1: So people are seeing like more positives to the one side and more negatives to the other side, yeah. whatever that is. And the greater that someone goes to one degree, you're going to get the other degree because there's always going to be a balance. There's always going to be a balance in the universe. And let's let's take the piece around perception just a, a step deeper, if that's okay. So would you agree with me that you have certain things that are far more important and other things don't matter at all to you? Would you yeah, agree? With that? Yeah. yeah. Or would you agree that different people have different things that are important to them? So what might be important to you might not be important to me. What's important to me might not be important to you. Would you agree with that?
0: Exactly, hundred percent.
1: And that everyone seems to have certain things that are important to them, right? So mm-hmm. the Greeks actually called this axiology, and axiology is the study of value and worth. And then they actually broke that down into teleology, and teleology is the study of purpose and priority. So your brain, you have the front part of your brain is called the telencephalon. On your neurons, there's a little squiggly part, they're called telomeres. So other people have called it like your primary mission or the chief end in mind. So in today's world, we actually call it your highest values. And what's really important, and so so when I talk about values, I'm not talking about morals. I'm not talking about God and country and family kind of thing, right? Those might be part of your values. But I'm also not talking about social idealisms, like freedom and justice and happiness. What I'm literally talking about is how you prioritize your life. If you had reached out to me and said, hey, Salt, you know, I got this podcast and we talk about politics, Or we talk about classic cars, right? Would you like to be on there? I'm going to go, Sarah, thank you so much. I'm not interested because those aren't in my values. Those aren't things that are important to me. If you're like, hey, we talk about business. We talk about leadership. We talk about making a difference in the world. You know, we talk about human behavior. We talk about problem solving. I'm like, yes, because these are things that are part of my highest values. Here's where the rubber hits the road. So no two people have the same highest values, anyone or anything that supports your highest values, you're going to call them good. You're going to call them a friend. You're going to want to hold them close, but anyone who challenges your highest values or goes against your highest values, you're going to call them bad. You're going to call them evil. You're going to want to push them away. They're an enemy, right? But it's only based on your values. Yeah right? The behavior itself is actually neutral. Let me ask you this. If I told you, I ate, Sarah, I ate 138 chocolate chip cookies in one minute, about 15 minutes before I got on the call with you. All right.
0: I think that explains the energy level.
1: (laughs) I'm like, is that a good thing?
0: I wouldn't say it was a good or bad. I'm like, what what is wrong with you? And why didn't you share? (laughs) I mean, it's, it's but if it's not a good or bad, okay, okay that's getting the whole behavior. Hey, I'm on a diet. I had a break. I mean, there's so many reasons of why you did that. Unless I knew the reason why it, you can't really criticize and judge. You could have been a chocolate cookie eating contest. You could have had a bad, a bad day. But I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. it's not for me to judge, especially if I don't know the backstory to the story. It's yep. like, oh, okay, we have an hour podcast, grab some water. Cause this is gonna be a, you're gonna be super <laughs> hyper energetic. I think it's funny because I want to ask you who baked them. Are you a baker? I mean, that's a whole different conversation. So, like for me, my brain starts asking questions.
1: Yeah. Did that's you make awesome.
0: them? Or they, did you buy them? This is a good bakery? Did you make them? What Was your secret? Why did you eat yeah. them? Like yeah. we should do something with like a cookie baking show. I would start getting inquisitive, and I would start. I wouldn't judge. I would be like. Oh, I got like a whole set of questions. I'm back now. Yep. on am cooking and cookies. If you have a value on health
1: and wellness, you're going to look at what I, you're going to look at 138 cookies in a minute and go, that's bad. No,
0: I want to say, were they gluten-free? Were they sugar-free? What's up?
1: Yep. So that's, and these are all great questions, right? Did you eat
0: cookies? Did you really go eat cookies before a podcast?
1: I really did not eat 138 cookies before our podcast. <laughs> okay. I don't remember the last time I had a, a chocolate chip cookie right offhand. I'd have to think. So if someone has a value for health and nutrition, they're going to yeah. look at that and they're going to go, that's bad. But if you yeah. have a, if you have a value on on, like you said, food eating competitions, or if you have a value on eating for comfort, you know, or whatever that might be, you're going to go, that's good. But the behavior itself didn't change. It was the but see, same. I see
0: I wouldn't be either. to me, that's judgmental. I have an opinion and I'm like, okay, well, that was probably not the smartest thing to do before a podcast or interview, but I don't know why you did it or how or what. So before I'm allowed to judge you or be positive or negative, I need to know what led you to that. Yep. And that's not me trying to break down the like, cycle the psychic of it. It's just me saying, Hey, what's up? Talk to me. Why'd you eat so many cookies? And then if you say, well, I broke up with somebody having a bad day. Okay. Don't be like that. You're have more, you're more than that. Don't eat cookies. Go to the gym. Then I'm going to say, Hey, that was not the smart. You're going to feel more like crap, but that's not for me to judge you. That's what I hate when people post on social media and social media is such an, it's just been so abused. People post up or, Hey, look at me feel my esteem, look at me, look at me in my boobs, look at me in a bikini, look at me to make me feel good. And I am just as guilty. I, I, I does nothing to hide. My Instagram is full of so many fucking selfies. Just because, like Marjorie, <laughs> a really good friend of mine, who's also my co-host on the podcast, but she's out of town. We always joke around. Like we have never done a bad selfie. Maybe one day we did one bad selfie in eight years, but we don't mention that day because we. <laughs> selfie. But like you know what? But there's always something to them. But what I hate with some people is that they're posting selfie after selfie after selfie after selfie with that. Oh, off yonder. Look at me. Life yeah. is perplexing. So let me think about life. You should be stronger. Really? Cause you're in a, you're, you're, you're in a low cut top with your boobs, hanging out all done up acting like you're somebody you're not to get a thing. That's where I become judgmental. I will admit I'm an asshole because it's like, come on, that is such a joke. How you're using social media to build your yeah. self-esteem or to try to be somebody you're not so it's just yeah that's where that's where the judgmental part of me comes into play. It's also easy to see it and make a judgmental comment without knowing the truth because the optics are not good, and you cannot help but let your emotions or your head like why like if it's a guy or a girl, someone you're dating, why would you post that? Are you dating somebody else? Are you seeing this? Are you cheating? You need to have that call first. You need to figure it out. But socials a really bad optic. Talk about polarization and judging. Yes. And your values, there is no value on social, how it's being used right now.
1: Yeah. And here's the thing. So judgments come from your values. Again, if it supports your values, Yes. Because if it supports your values, you're going to say yes. And if it goes against your values, you're going to say no. Now, again, if we go back to the law of polarity, you cannot have a positive without a negative and you can't have a negative without a positive. It's always both sides. So, you can take anything and you can ask yourself, what's the benefit to it? But what's the drawback to it also? Right. So, you know, you you get a raise. Okay. Awesome. Right. And most people are like, yes, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. There's some benefits to that, but there's also drawbacks to having a raise. And like one of the direct drawbacks that comes to mind right off the bat is you're going to pay more taxes, most likely.
0: Or you're going to have more responsibility and can't take as much vacation. You have a team. Yeah. You you, you have to look at, yeah, to me, I'm always like, people always make comments, like, oh, it's amazing, you're a CEO, you have this, oh, how great, oh, fuck you. Like the grass is not greener, it's a different shade of green. My stress, my anxiety, my drive, my passion, my competition, my excelling of everything is more adaptable and I can handle the pressure better as a leader than as a nine to five or based on my energy, my personality. The grass is not greener, it's a different shade of green Got to figure out which side you could thrive and survive on. That to me is where I feel leadership, and that's yep. where things comes into so balance. If people don't understand that,
1: yep. And this is the piece with social media. So social media shows a whole lot of positives, right? And then people start to buy into that. Oh, oh, my life should be more positive, more positive, more positive. And now again, we're pursuing the unobtainable.
0: But those positive people, positive people that people are posting, oh my God, that's so funny, positive people are posting. They're not happy. They're posting so much because they're happy and that's just their job. As influencer, or they're just posting or posting because it makes them feel good. But just because you see that doesn't mean life is perfect and they're happy. because social media is a whole different conversation psychologically. Yeah. But I think that is our next podcast with you to break the perception of social media down. Yeah, let's do that. Because that is, <laughs> oh my God, that is a brilliant, brilliant podcast for us to talk about, like the, how sure. to break that down. Like, okay, so let me ask you a question. Yeah. So much to talk about with you. It's so crazy in a short hour success and failures. You talk about polarization, what goes up, goes down, top bottom backside, right? Positive, negative. Yin, yin. Yes. So I believe that there is no thing as a failure. There is successes in failures. If I messed this up, failed here, I learned, I grew, I did it better. I have that. Aha. That's why now I know the answer. I feel like you always need to find some successes and failures. I wonder, oh, but another closes, you're at a place where you made a decision to go right versus left because what came up before that failed and you had to make a decision. And down the road, you realize that was a good thing. I always believe in, you always find successes in failures. I'm not saying something horrible happens that, you know, earth shattering, somebody died, passed away or something. And there's a positive. There was always some positive in every failure you hit.
1: Yeah. You're not going to have grief without relief. So just on that, I'll just say that. Yeah,
0: I kind of forgot how to, yeah, thank you. You can't
1: have grief without relief, but we'll set that off to the side. So in my world, so success and failure, both are just personal constructs. You are the one who creates it. One of the things that I teach clients is, is this mantra. And the mantra is I am the source and the solution to all my problems. I am the source and the solution to all my problems. And all your problems are rather an excess or deficiency in perception or behavior rather too much or too little. And so when we set an expectation for ourselves and we don't meet it, that's what we define as as failure. And then people will get caught up in that and then they will start to internalize it and personalize it. So it's not that I that I failed, so it might start off with I failed or I didn't do this, I failed, right? And then they're piling on all the drawbacks. So now they're now they're polarized And then they actually start to personalize it and go, I'm a failure, or there's something wrong with me. Now, in my world, I look at that and I go, there were benefits to not meeting that goal. There were benefits to not winning that, you know, that game or that fight or whatever that might've been. So we got to balance your perceptions. And this is part of leadership. And and I'll speak about leadership more specifically here in a second. But balancing those perceptions and going, what were the benefits of that? And then recognizing that it's not about success and it's not about failure. It's actually about growth. Gotcha. Right. And going back to that, the master lives in the world of transformation. How do you take this and transform it into what you truly desire? How do you learn from it? How do you grow from it? How do you express gratitude for it and then move on and step on top of it? Nature does not get rid of nature builds on top of.
0: Got it.
1: Right. So like this big forest fire that's going on in Canada right yeah. now. Right. You know, that we're hearing a whole lot about. So nature will just grow on top of that ash, on top of all of that destruction. It's going to build on top of it. It doesn't eliminate it. It's, it's transformed it. It's transformed trees into heat and gas and ash and all of that. But, it, and then nature will grow on top of it. So it's the same thing for human beings. It's like, how do you grow on top of this?
0: I think like everything in life is a growing experience. Absolutely. Okay, so is. if you have a negative or something fails or gets messed up, when you make a bad decision and that negative impact, you're not happy or whatever. You got to find some positive out of that. Of okay, maybe it was just a change of yeah. environment. Maybe I needed just a break to get a better perspective of what I want. You've always got to find some inkling, a positive to get yeah. through the negative. but I also think mentally, emotionally, people need to do that. You're gonna drive yourself crazy. You got to always find whatever that is that pushes you through, that gets you through whatever it is you're getting through.
1: When you're operating in your highest values, you are willing to experience both pain and pleasure equally in order to achieve that, which is why it's so important that people get really clear about what's meaningful to them, what inspires them, what compels them forward, what would they love their life to look like? And in doing that, we're willing to experience both pain and pleasure equally, like you you know, you mentioned before we, we jumped on the on the podcast here that I was in Miami. Right. I took a very, very early flight. I was up at two forty five in the morning to make it to Miami. And it's like I was willing to experience pain in order to have the pleasure of working with the people that I worked with down in Miami last week. Yeah. Right, so when you're in your highest values, the things that are most important to you, you will experience both pain and pleasure equally, and you'll continue to move forward.
0: Got it. So
1: when and you're in lower I- values, you'll seek pleasure and you'll avoid pain.
0: Yeah. So it's interesting because I feel like I, I just like that false sense of reality is such a big impact on how people make decisions. Yeah. And I I, I I want to keep pushing on the news, but I kind of feel like you're reading and looking at the news, that perception. And I, I think there's no way around just giving so much going on in the world. You, you, you're you looking at what you're looking, reading at what you're reading, listening to or what you're listening to. And people are so set and they're not willing to open and have a conversation. Well, I saw this on the news. Therefore, that's the way it is. I live in New York. that's You don't. Therefore, that's the way it is. No, that's not the way it is. That's your perception of your reality And it's just, I think people do need to understand their reality may not be anybody else's reality. It may not be truthful. It may not be wrong. It just may be what they're comfortable like straddling the line because they don't want to face one or the other.
1: Yes. And the reality piece is it's an imbalance in perceptions that a lot of people have. And that's the issue with the news is that the news the news creates a polarization. Also, this person is all bad and this person is all good, right? This political party is all bad. This political party is all good, right? Whatever that is. And so, because the polarity actually sells and the piece with the news is that, so the primary mission of the brain is survival. It's not about comfort. It's not about What's easiest or best or whatever, it it literally is about survival. and 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 it defaults down to what's easiest. But our brains continually scan the environment for potential threat. The news actually feeds on that very, very primal part of the brain of the threat assessment and going, oh, my gosh, here's a threat of a forest fire. Oh, my gosh, here's a threat of people coming across the border. Oh my gosh, here's an economic threat. Oh my gosh, here's this, you know, this person died, right? And here's the threat of actually dying. It's like all of these threats. And so our brains continue to pay attention to that because it's like, we've got to survive. I got to survive, I got to survive. And then what happens is, is now we're in this really hyper-stimulated fight flight. Right? And we're not in a place of creativity. We're not in a place of creating a vision for ourselves. I mean, think about it, you know, go back in time. If there's a saber tooth tiger chasing after you, that is not the time to start thinking about your five year goals,
0: <laughs>
1: right? That is not the time to start going, you know what, I'm going to make a pretty painting like the one that Sarah has behind her, you know, on this cave wall kind of thing, Right when you're in that fight or flight mentality, you're not creating a vision. You're not creating, you're not being creative, right? It's like survival.
0: Well, that's so a defense mechanism we have. Our defense mechanism goes off and we do, that's when we make those rash decisions. Oh my God, there's a forest fire in Canada. I need to start foraging water extinguishers. Well, I am in Scottsdale. Like, it's just like we make rash decisions based on that flight or flight. But I think it becomes down to that balance, which is so in awe of some of our military guys. And some of these, we have Mick Mulroy on our global news watch every month, every other month on military. And there's a book Mark Bronopoulos wrote on strength under pressure, some like that, I forgot what it was, making smart decisions when you need to. Your your perception of that defense mechanism what you're talking about is speeding out, you're making decisions. And then it's like, well, you never really needed to. And we all do that. I'm guilty of that at times of spinning up stuff before it happens. Or do we wait till it happens and say, okay, now I know this is legit. This is real. I need to make a decision. But I think we go into that protection mode, protect my head, protect my heart, my family, my money, do what we can to keep the pain away. And nine out of 10 times, somebody said 70% of or 80, 70% of everything we worry about in life Is it real? It never really happens. We 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 try to push it away, protect ourselves. Then we're like on top of it. We're like, well, that was a waste of time and energy. That wasn't needed. That was just a conversation, being smart, keep moving forward. But then again, you don't want to sit there and be, hey, fireman pounding on my door, brush fires get out. Yeah, no, 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 no. They're still a mole or two away. And then all of a sudden you're running for your life grabbing your cats and dogs and kids because your house is halfway on fire. It's just there's no balance there with people. There's no stop sign, go right, go left or go over the cliff. It's just our perception of making the best decision that we're comfortable with. And I think nine out of 10 times. Our radars are out of whack because we make decisions thinking this is going to happen. Nah, it hasn't happened yet, but I, I where is that balance self? Where is that gray area that, you know, you have to make that decision right then and there before it's too late, or is it too soon and you're just gonna spin out and waste time and energy when it never happened?
1: Yeah. So again, that's gonna go back down to values, right? If you have a higher value on safety and security, you're gonna be the person who is going out to your home improvement store right now and you're buying five fire extinguishers and you know, three fire blankets, yeah. you know, type thing. Yeah. If you're a bit more, if you have more of a value on risk taking, then you, you know, you're going to wait, you know, earlier you were talking about the pandemic. And I think a lot of people were living in this very heightened fight or flight mentality when it came to the pandemic and where there's a wave of fear. It's like a fear of this virus that we didn't understand or really know when it first came out and like, who's it getting, you know, how do you get it and all this. And then we started becoming fearful of each other, right? Social distancing and six, you know, and masks. And do I need one mask? Do I need three masks? What kind of mask do I need? Right. You know, is it okay to, you know, to, to hug my kid or whatever. And so, and I think that's part of what we're seeing now is, and in some ways there's a a vacuum of leadership because there it's like, what's the vision now? You call it the new normal, Right. You can't go back. And quite honestly, you wouldn't want to go back. But it's like, what do you desire? What do you what would you love to create now moving forward with the information that we have, with the knowledge and the experience that we have? What would you love to create moving forward? And I think a lot of people are still really like, I don't know. I don't know what I can do. Is this okay? You know, is this going to happen? Or it's like we're still in this fear peace. And there is a, there's an exercise to dissolve fear so that you're not operating in a place of fear, but where you're actually in a place of mastery and balance. And then you can actually create a compelling vision for yourself forward, mastering more of your life.
0: Isn't it? Cause I hate talking about the stupid pandemic, everybody's like pandemic, pandemic. And for a while there, like months ago, maybe last year, I was like, just shut the fuck up. Seriously. Stop blaming the pandemic for your lack of exactly. at- job, lack of happiness, lack of this. You had two years, you don't have two years to really think, what do I want out of my life? What's important? And, it, and people were so busy blaming the pandemic. And I know you're not in the pandemic anymore. You have an opportunity to find what you want. So stop blaming that for your own lack of failures and stop blaming everything and everyone for where you are right now, figure it out. But now I'm like, I hate talking about the pandemic, but if I talk about our, okay, wait, when, when were we completely free from that? A year ago, a year and a half ago?
1: Yeah, I think it'll it'll have the 9-11 effect, right?
0: Like, Nine like, 11. Like, but if it was a year and a half ago. My buddy, it, we're 23. It was a year ago, a year and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, like, get back to work, stop making an excuse and blaming it. But now, to your point, I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. I'm so sick of it. But at the same time, I how do I talk about what we've been doing the past two or three years—that God is here—that defines our future, because we need the past to create the present to define the future. But the pandemic is in our rearview mirror still, so I kind of feel like it's when do we stop talking about this pandemic? How far off do we need to be before we realize our behavior, our mindset, our perception, our decisions, our happiness, and failures, successes—is based on who we are, what we're doing, how we're doing it, versus having the past as a anchor.
1: So let me hit on a couple of pieces here. So first off, I think the pandemic is going to be the same as 9/11. So as opposed to a, a one day event, right, that had this this big ripple effect, the pandemic was like you said it's like a two year event that had you know it's having big big ripples. Okay. I don't think we'll ever stop talking about it. I don't think everything anything will will go back Free, right? I mean, go to an airport. Airports are completely different. You know, from nine ten to nine twelve, right? Things changed. Yeah. So here's where leadership, though, comes in. So I want to share two pieces about leadership with you while we still have a few minutes left here. So the first piece is around having a vision, having a compelling vision to move forward. Now, optimal growth occurs at the border of support and challenge. And you've got to have both in order to grow and in order to move forward. So think about this. If you have a child, for example, and you raise this child, but you do everything for them and you just take care of everything. And it's like, oh, it's okay, It's okay. I'll do this. I'll do this for you and all this. What kind of kid did you raise? Right. You've probably raised a spoiled effing brat. Right. It's like entitled the whole nine yards. Now. On the other side, if you keep challenging your kid, you can do better. And why are you, why'd you do that? was the right, this guy, you're going to raise a kid who's really burnt out. But if you actually put the two together, you're going to raise a really precocious kid who is going to be able to grow. So in leadership, it is crucial that as a leader, that you provide support and challenge to the people around you. And you want to do that equally. Now, Some people are getting a lot of support, and so you can see that they're lacking some challenge, and then you offer the balance of challenge. And sometimes some people have gotten a lot of challenge, and you can see that they're lacking support, and then you offer the support again to create the balance. So if you just look at this concept of offering support and challenge, the hardest person to lead is yourself, because we want to give ourselves all sorts of support. And very little challenge, but true leaders and people who start to really emerge in society and business and the family, whatever that is, are able to give themselves and provide themselves both support and challenge. Then the next set of people that are the toughest to to manage and lead is the people that are closest to you, your spouse, your partner, your kids, other family members possibly. Why again? Because It's like, I don't want to sleep on the sofa, right? I don't have a girlfriend or anything like that, but right. I don't want to sleep on the sofa, right? So I'm going to be cautious about the challenge that I give maybe, or whatever that looks like. But if you spread that out a little bit, friends, it's easier to give friends support and challenge, right? Because a little bit further away, people who we don't know, it's really easy to give support and challenge too, right? But that's one of the key components in human behavior with leadership. Have a vision that's compelling that people can buy into. And that's, and we can get into that a little bit more sometime whenever you'd like. But have a compelling vision that people buy into, and then be able to to provide equal amounts of support and challenge for optimal growth for yourself and for the people around you.
0: I think that's for everything in life, you are like, and I agree with you, you want to support and challenge. Like I know with my boyfriend, you know, one of the things that I constantly challenge him to go out of his comfort zone and in the beginning of dating i'm like oh god this is not going to end well but that's his personality of who i am and we're different people but he's always like he lo- he's like i love to be challenged and i think people of a certain nature you know mainly athletes and stuff they love to be challenged pushed out of their box while you're supporting them now do you think that's a tricky balance i could challenge you to push you out of your box to grow so i always believe if you're in your box you're never going to grow you can't stay in a box if you want to go. You got to accept out of the box to grow out of your comfort zone. But if I want to challenge you, anybody I want to challenge, I have to also support their success, their failures, be there to catch them when they fall. If I'm going to challenge to push you out of your comfort zone, I need to be there to catch you if you fall to continue supporting you, to continue challenging you, to be a better version, the best version of you, because it's important for you to be, your own better version, not because I want some better. And I, I do think, I mean, you look at adults across the board and how they act and their upbringings and childhood. Like you, we could slice this down in like a twenty-hour podcast exactly <laughs> how people are the way they are. But I do like you need to be challenged, <laughs> and that is an art form. But oh my god! And like I literally thought Love talking to you, but like we run out of time, and I got I got to ask these people run out of time. Yeah. The little yellow guy on social media, Joe. I know where you are because I'm following the little yellow Gumby guy. Well, yep. Talk to me real quickly. What is that? Who is he?
1: So that is Joe. Joe travels with me. I picked Joe up. I don't know a few years ago. I was in a toy store and saw him, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy is is awesome. And then he's just become my travel companion. So.
0: So I met Joe at a bar, and he ended up being kidding, that. Exactly. A right. Story. So he's 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 everywhere he's traveling. I know where you are because I follow Joe.
1: Exactly, and people stop me, and it, it and it happened actually on my trip to Miami. People stop me and ask me about Joe because he hangs out of my bag. Right? He's waving to everybody. Yeah. And And uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's Joe.
0: Joe needs his own social media. He can't be like hinging off of yours and vice versa. He's got to. Breakaway.
1: Joe does have an Instagram page. It's called Wisdom of Joe. He doesn't uh, post very much, but uh, he has a little is, bit in the past.
0: That is awesome. Uh, okay, talk to me real quickly. Tell me, am I wrong? You have some, do you have a book out? Do you have what's going on with soft garrisons or a book? Is there anything we have to look forward to on a book?
1: So there is a book coming about changing your life in less than two minutes. In fact, I just met with my, my writing coach today. <laughs> Thanks. We were going over a bunch of stuff. When so is that about? I'm hoping, I'm hoping by like fall, by the end of the year, for sure. But my, my hope is by, by fall, September, October.
0: And it's so. all on behavior, decision, the leadership. Exactly. Yep. I you can't give it away, but. But,
1: but it, it literally is about how to change your life very, very quickly in less than two minutes.
0: <laughs> like, I've had. Almost an hour with you, so there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh so, my god, I, I, I literally hate saying goodbye to you because I just feel like we have so much more to unpack on a podcast. I definitely going to have you back. Would love to talk with you more. How can people find you and Joe? Where is a good place for them to find you? Facebook
1: Salt Garrison on Facebook. You know, reach out to me there. My website is grainofsalt.coach. Grainofsalt.coach. So during the pandemic, we really focused on health. And now in given current society, we're actually helping people and really focusing on money mindset and just how to balance your perception to get away from the fear mentality around money and all of that. So, yeah. Awesome. Great stuff. Sarah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: So good having you on. It was good. Less the wait. (laughs) (laughs) Third time's a charm. This is Sarah Miller with Axis Entertainment, the Axis Effect here with Salt Garrison. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Salt, and we look forward to hearing more from you soon. Thank you, Salt. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Axis Effect podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or download past episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Axis Effect podcast on your favorite podcast provider. To learn more about the podcast or our guests, please visit theaxiseffect.com.